0: I think at this moment, recording this podcast, we are probably in one of three dry places in the state of Louisiana.
1: More than likely. Yeah. With with everything that's happened.
0: And that part of that is funny, and part of that is just how serious this issue is right now. Yeah. Um, what's up, everybody? This is a special episode of Alex Plains It All. This is Alex Labatt, joined, as always, by producer Seth. Hey there, Seth. How you doing? Uh, Good. Considering the circumstances, um, for those of you listening uh, that live in the state of Louisiana, you obviously know what has happened, but for those of you that aren't privy uh, to the situation going on, um, we are uh, towards the tail end of August here, and we were hit by uh, a freak storm system that has caused an estimated $30 million worth of damage. And dumped an estimated 6.9 trillion gallons of rain onto the state. That is um, more than 10.4 million Olympic-sized pools. That is unbelievable. That is trillions of gallons. It's that's hard. That is hard to wrap your your brain around. From August
1: 8th to the 14th, from it, it, it took that long to dump that much water.
0: That is. Just to put it all in perspective, 10.4 million Olympic-sized pools. An Olympic-sized pool is big enough as it is. Yeah. I w- you would hear, one, that dumped an Olympic-sized pool onto this town. Ta- oh, my it's God, like, that's, like, a that's a lot, lot, of, rain. lot of water. Yeah. 10.4 million, million pools. Million. So this state, for the most part, has been placed underwater.
1: You know, Louisiana has always been known for having—it's It's a state that has a lot of water in it. You know, you have the Atchafalai Basin, you have a lot of swamplands. Think about what that does. I mean, I've, I think I've seen that photo that's been circulating on Facebook, and, and, you know, it's like a more accurate photo of Louisiana, and the whole state is just cut out, and it's just the water. Yeah. You it's know, just, it's just more the Gulf of Mexico, and it's it's kind of true. To, I would, to
0: add that much water. I would be very interested to see a satellite image of before and after. um how the state compared before this rain event and after this rain event um
1: well, you know, they'll, they'll pop up they'll definitely show up so,
0: know so the state the state again an estimated 30 million dollars worth of recovery efforts um for a for a basically a band of thunderstorms um and the reason that this caused such an issue is because whereas you have hurricanes that you can kind of see coming. This just cropped up. And I think the the reason for this episode is so you guys can kind of understand what it's like living in a climate in an area like this and what it's like to deal with um, not only having to cover uh, a situation like this in a business, Seth, that you're in that, right. uh, you know, it's a 24-7 type of ordeal. But, you know, my wife and I are very lucky to still have a home. Uh, with with the evacuations going on. I actually called the news station to see what we would have to do if we would have to evacuate. And basically it was, you're going to have to call 911. They're the only ones that can get to you.
1: And I, I can't even imagine what, I mean, obviously, you know, we've just spoken about it before. I live in an apartment. I rent. I do not own. You know, with saying, we'll talk about more of the numbers in a bit, but with so many people's homes damaged or even destroyed, by floodwaters getting into them, you know, you have these people that have had their homes for years, maybe even for decades, and it's something that, it's, it's on their minds constantly, you know, it's, it's something that's a reason you buy flood insurance and all these things, but I can't imagine what it's like for you and Ashley in the sense that, you you know, it's a completely unknown territory for y'all just buying your house a few months ago First-time homeowners, and threatened with this, um, these floodwaters just, you know, creeping up, even to the point. I mean, a little bit even in the in the, the oh, yeah. garage, yeah. but that's as far as it got. Luckily, in y'all's case.
0: So, so I'm going to start this off with saying that this was such a serious event that everyone knows someone that that is either displaced, they're out of a home. Um, so for Definitely. those of you listening that have been affected, we love you. We are we are with you. We are so very sorry that you're having to go through this. We are going through this together. And uh, we will do everything that we can um, to ensure that uh, we can help the best that we can do. And, and, and to what capacity, I don't know. Uh, but even if it's getting the word out through uh, you know, hosting this podcast and letting people know what it's like, uh, they may have a better understanding when they go to donate. What they're donating for, right, right? Uh, Because when you when you hear, oh, Louisiana had a lot of rain, really, until somebody sits and talks to you about it, you really don't know how bad it was.
1: Yeah, because I think it's just now getting national attention. Yeah, Um, you know, for whatever reason, there's been a couple different theories about why it hasn't gotten national attention. But I think the reason it's gotten
0: national attention is because it had not been getting national attention, and enough people, because Louisiana is known for a lot of things, and being loud is one of them. And so when they're going, why isn't anybody talking about this? Enough people talked about it to where now people are calling attention to the fact that it's not getting any attention. So it's kind of cyclical. Well, I mean, Um,
1: but weather is weather and and disaster situations, disaster situations. So regardless of where it happens, you know, we hear about the snow in the north. We hear about the wildfires in California and the drought, you know, and we hear about this and that. So you're thinking, okay, why doesn't why don't people know about this and one of the more interesting theories and the one that's kind of, um, humbling, if you want to say is that we were, that the community was taking care of each other that we were, I mean, aside, I mean, obviously, you know, we'll go through our typical, um, uh, chain of command and the governor will ask for, uh, president obama to declare disaster situations and, and federal aid but for the most part we weren't hearing the outcry from the community because we got it and we were helping each other so much
0: which is the definition of what it's like to live in to live in this state and be from this state and know people from this state yep. is that we take care of our own and we take care of people that aren't from here um and so i i think the governor coming out and even saying that the reason the president is not here is because i told him to stay home
1: yeah because and he's like you're welcome to come but having you here will take away
0: from our resources we have to shut down the highway yep. we have to put patrols on you state police has to give you a detail it would just make much more sense to have those people helping flood victims, then you be here and we take those resources away from them. So, which is
1: a really bold, I mean, it's it, a it, common it, sense. It, it is very common sense and it's, it's very practical, but it's still bold to go. We're good. Like, yeah. ple- like asking him it, not even not asking him, but saying it's okay if you don't visit, yeah. you know, because it, it very vaguely comes off on, un- Mm -hmm. ungrateful but you know when he explained it it's like okay that makes that's very like you said it's very practical well and
0: what was amazing is seeing the people come out and say that was a very reasonable well thought out explanation you know because everybody was crying why hasn't the right exactly and so there that's the political angle of it but um you brought up the fact that ashley and i went through through something and i want i'll go through what we went through and it, this is not going to be—every person went through something different. So this is not going to be speaking for those who are out of house and home. Um, there are people that are much worse off. I'm just going to give you my perspective of what it was like. So so this is the sequence of events that kind of happened. Um, so Thursday night, I'm getting—I'm washing up. I'm getting ready for bed, and I hear Rob Perillo. God bless him. God bless that man. Um, love him to death. I heard Chief Meteorologist Rob Perillo uh, speaking— about a thunderstorm that was coming through, and he, the way that he was speaking, he was worried. Now, and now, was this Thursday or Friday? I want to say it, it was Thursday. I yeah. know it was Thursday because the Friday I missed, I was out, out. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I was stuck in my home. So, because I couldn't go anywhere because of the rain, like literally, I was flooded in.
1: What's funny, and I'll let you continue, but the funny story about that was that we were. We were up late that night playing, and we even and I even commented, because I was like, "Is that thunder that I Because I could hear the weather through the headset in your house, and I was like, "He was like, yeah." I was like, "I mean, I know I can hear it here outside of my place, but it was very rare that I would hear it through your headset." And I remember, and well, we won't discuss what time we ended up going to bed, but I remember thinking. Oh, I you know it's raining outside. I'll be I'll be going to bed in the, in like a thunderstorm, which is always rather yeah. calming for some people. Little did I know that you know when I got up the next morning which was Friday, what was about to unfold.
0: So Thursday night, I specifically remember the lightning being very close, very loud, and the rain was very loud. And so Rob said that this is going to be very serious. There could be up to 15 inches that could be dumped uh, onto the the region that we live, Acadiana. And so I it was something that I thought, okay, we need to pay attention to this. Well, we stayed up late, you know, we're playing PlayStation, talking to our friends, you know, went to bed. Woke up the next morning, Ashley goes to leave and you know, expressed some concerns about, you know, the weather it's going to be bad. You know, Rob was saying that the weather was going to be bad. Um, I'm going to leave a little early. And so Ashley leaves 30 minutes for work before I do. Uh, So it's about 7, 8 in the morning. She leaves and texts me how bad it was outside. And not five minutes later, I hear the door open. And Ashley comes in and she's crying and she's going, people are turning around like it's bad outside. Yeah. And so I ended up calling my boss and saying, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it into work. And he was saying, okay, you know, be safe. You know, God God bless the employers that let people stay home in that weather and did not force them to go go into work because um, every intersection that surrounds our neighborhood started to get flooded and to the point where people were coming up on the water and they were stopping and turning around. Right. Um." And so this, to give you guys an idea, um, 21.6 inches fell in Lafayette. That's where we live. This rain event dumped 21 inches, 19 inches fell in Baton Rouge. The Vermilion River in Lafayette crested at its highest level since 1940. Seven and a half feet above flood stage and about six feet above the March 2016 flood. So seven and a half feet above flood stage. This is this is, a flood that was apocalyptic. This is a historic flood event. And I have never... I, when we turned on the television, I told Ashley, you know, we got worried a couple times and when we were seeing images, I've seen this city have intersections that were flooded. You know, this place is closed off. When they started to show... All of the places that were flooded, I was looking at actually going, this city's underwater.
1: And it's interesting. Like, you know, they, they, there's a common term for that. It's called like a hundred year flood. Yeah. And a lot of people, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, this hasn't happened in a hundred, you know, the last flood hasn't happened in a hundred years or happened will happen in another hundred. It means with current weather patterns and everything that this type of weather only its expected frequency will only be a hundred, but they were wrong. It's actually a five hundred yeah. year flood. Which, I mean, you know, with how, with how I just explained it, think about that. It only a with fa- current weather and patterns, it's only expected to happen once every five hundred years. Yeah,
0: that's like Columbus. That's Columbus finding America, and then them having this type of flood in nineteen ninety two. Yeah, pretty um, much. So it is it, the images that you see can do no justice to just how bad it really got. So Friday it, it was raining and there were cars with just the trunk sticking out of the water. I mean, I saw an intersection here in Lafayette and they had it blocked off and the car, the car just looked like it was, it was about to just go completely under the water. And, and, The thing, and I I know people listening to this will understand what I'm about to say. What was so frightening about this is we live in an area with hurricanes. We live in an area with bad weather. With tornadoes, with lightning, with other weather events, it's like a punch to the gut. It's quick, and then it's over with. It's like a shotgun going off. This is impending doom. It was this sense of inevitability that there's nothing that we can do, and we had just have to sit and wait for our lives to end. It just felt like we were sitting, and we just stood. We stood at the front of our house, looked out of the window, and said, "How long is it until we lose everything?"
1: Right. You're just you're, you're sitting there, just waiting for it to happen. Like you said, there's nothing you can do. You there's a little preparation. You know, you can put sandbags. You can do this or that, but. With the exception of that, you're just watching the water come closer and closer. And you're just like, well, it's either going to come into the house or it won't.
0: It's the evolution. You're really watching rapid evolution. You're watching the development of something in real time happen in front of you. So when the rain starts, the ditches start getting full. And we're going, man, it is just not letting up. And then the more that it starts raining, you start seeing things changing. And you're going, okay. This is, this is bad rain to something that could cause issues. The fact that trash cans started to fall over because of just the amount of rain that was happening. And so you've got, you've got trash now floating in the streets. And then you start seeing, okay, well, the water's up to this meter. The water's up to this, this for sale sign, the bottom of it. The water is touching the tires of this car in the driveway. The water is now to the point where it's starting to touch our garage. It was just these mile markers that, the more the more you check them off on your list, it was, this is bad, this is bad, this is getting worse. We need to seriously talk about whether or not we're going to have to evacuate. Right. Um, and so the rains the rains starting on the Friday, and it got to the point where, um there was a point where I looked at Ashley and I said, we may need sandbags because of where we live. So we live in an area of town that is actually zoned that it's, it's not supposed to flood there. And we just purchased this home a couple of months ago. So we have no idea what's going on. And it's really the event kind of banded the neighborhood together because everybody was checking on one another. Right. And uh, we'll, we'll get into just that that, that community aspect of this, but you know, we talked to each other. We said, okay, what are you doing? What are you doing? And uh, I placed a phone call to my dad, you know, to kind of let him know what was going on and basically to say, you know, I'm kind of worried. And I said, I need you on standby. We may need some sandbags. And I think putting that in his ear, he, he was going to bring a sandbags regardless. Right. So we got sandbags, and thank God they, they brought them. So we got sandbags, and the rain starts, and the, as the— as the rain started coming up we realized that you had ditches you had the road you had the yards and then all that just disappeared it just became this sheet of water and that water started rising and we ended up having sc- we dump trucks were coming by as sort of this uh you know this front line to kind of push everything out of the way and a school bus came into the neighborhood to start evacuating people and we had people down our road with water in their homes on Friday, and they were getting—they were putting all of their belongings in pillowcases and the bags that they could carry, getting onto this bus and leaving. And just watching that, and having to think, can we fit our entire lives into a pillowcase?
1: Yeah. Like, what do you? you know, how do you choose what you can fit into a pillowcase when you know that it might be the only thing that's saved afterwards?
0: it just god bless god bless those people that were able to make it alive um but had to make those decisions because that has got to be you obviously grab photo albums you grab whatever is whatever is important to you i mean important documents documents yeah um but just loading up on a bus and at first at first well, i just heard this noise out front and I was furious because this bus had pulled up and had basically just pushed this water. And the water was sloshing up against the garage. And I'm going, you know, you're pushing this water into our homes. Yeah. And so, you know, we found out what they were doing. And that was that was the beginning. I ended up doing a Facebook Live on Friday basically to make a call for people to stop them from driving. Yeah. Because there are probably people that have water in their homes basically because they live next to a major thoroughfare. That they would have been fine if the water would have stagnated and stayed there. But because they constantly had traffic pushing that water, they probably got water either in their business or their homes. And that... God, that infuriates me. And
1: you weren't the only one. Uh, That uh, same Friday morning... um I mean we're pretty much already established where uh, you used to work I still currently do <laughs> meteorologist so Dave Baker we uh Friday morning I had to go in early to relieve the the morning crew and Dave's still on you know given we're 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 wall to wall at that point and he's got all these um traffic cams all over Lafayette and we're we're watching people doing this same very thing and Dave is straight up calling them out just like i mean in just like yep and uh there goes that big uh, pickup truck going right through that water yep uh thanks for that bud i mean just call them out every time it happens and,
0: and i want to say i actually got a tweet from dave and i think the reason he did that is because of what ashley and i did in mm-hmm. that facebook live mm-hmm. because you can see i uh, we're fine but as i'm talking these jeeps and these trucks are are driving and i'm i'm you know, pointing the camera down, and you can see the water going over my feet and past it. And I'm thinking, you need to stop, because if if it's getting close to my house, no telling what it's doing to people who are up oh, the road, right, and worse off. It's just pushing a little bit more in. And and so, what bothered me about that is I understand, I can understand why people were getting on the roads. You know, either to get home or or what have you, but there are there are people that willfully disregard what people advise them to do it's not looking at christmas lights you're not there were people out joyriding essentially looking at how bad the weather was getting those are the people that get their vehicles stuck in water and have to be rescued
1: exactly that end up bogging out or just going just a little bit too deep and no matter how no matter how jacked up your truck is yeah your muffler that's what people don't understand it's not about your engine once your muffler is underwater that's when you start having issues and a lot of people don't didn't understand that's so, ah oh, my truck's jacked up yeah but your muffler is <laughs> not
0: it's going to be jacked up when you pass it through yeah when it's going to be on water it's going to
1: be on a lift having to be worked on a week later um and 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 not only that um because obviously i watched your live uh that morning even the people you know and most of the people were you know driving nice and slow and and that's somewhat halfway courteous but even that still causes a little bit of wake but some of those traffic games that we're seeing on major thoroughfares in lafayette people are driving speed limits the the under the just water down.
0: the water is going is being ejected from the their wheel wells or their wheel walls like they're up creating over, a spray up they're literally over cre- the, their cars yeah they're creating a, a spray it's like water skiing and so we got to the point where it was okay you know we need sandbags i was brought sandbags we braced them against the garage door and the back door because we said okay you know, if if it, the water is going to get anywhere first, it's going to be these two areas. Yeah. If the rain would not have broken up between Friday and Saturday, if we would not have had a break in the rain, because if if how much how many inches fell twenty one, I, I guarantee yep. you we had eighteen inches of rain at the house. If we would not have had a break in the rain, we would probably be pulling stuff out of our home right now, or or worse that the fact that the water was able to recede and walk itself back before coming back in on the Saturday, that is what, that's what saved us. And I don't think, you know, there's some people that didn't, didn't, get well, that lucky. I think
1: it it go. It's, it's more about different areas and how they were engineered because that's pretty much, I mean, like perfect example was Lafayette. I believe Lafayette ended up having, a curfew either friday or saturday do you remember i don't remember which one it
0: was um it was ooh but man. i know
1: that by sunday lafayette was back to normal yeah because somehow we had the you know the right type of engineering that the and even with the vermilion right there you know, most of the major thoroughfares, like, you know, you, you've you got Ambassador Dulles, areas like that that are super low that always get flooded. They were, it, the waters receded, your area waters started to recede very quickly. But it's it's all about individual areas, what rivers yeah. are near, and just how the water and- either can g- get out or can't
0: just yeah. gets trapped. There are some engineering hiccups. You know, we we don't want to gloss over the fact that there are still places that, you know, I was told today in the store that people are having to kayak out of their front door to get to their car to drive to work to change at work to come back and kayak back into their homes. Um, so Friday to Saturday, we never lost power, never lost cable, and um, you know, we we prayed, come on, just give us a little bit of a break so that the water can, can walk back. Then Saturday comes, and Saturday was the, Saturday was rough, because that was the day that the National Guard passed in our neighborhood, and we had to decide whether or not we were gonna leave our home. Right. Um, so Saturday, the rain starts, and our day consisted of basically staring out of the windows to see what was gonna happen. Um, the water started to come past the sandbags and into the garage. And so that's when we made the decision that we need to take all of the sandbags that we're bracing the garage with. If we if the water gets in the garage, oh well. So we took those sandbags, we moved them to the front door of our home, and then inside of the garage, where the door is to go into the house, we braced the sandbags there because we decided, okay, if it's going to flood, One of the places it'll come up is in the garage, and then it'll try to get into the house. So we go outside, and we move the sandbags, and this is something that that got picked up by the Weather Channel and a couple of other places. While doing so, uh, an ice cream truck passed, in the historic flooding rain and waters (laughs) just passed down the neighborhood. And I just went, what in God's name are you doing outside right now?
1: An ice cream truck. Yeah. Now you, no, that's, you weren't tempted at all to grab a fudge bar. Or I
0: looked. I did. I did not see the the Ninja I, Turtles. I, the Ninja Turtles with the gumball eyes. That's ice. pretty much. Yeah, the only thing. Yeah, that's that the yeah. only thing I would have thought to grab. But
1: maybe one of the SpongeBob ones. But yeah, what did, I mean, you try <laughs> to find logic in it. Did they think that maybe because people were stuck in their homes that they would get some sales? Now, like, now,
0: I don't know because I've seen people on a Facebook comment say they were casing homes to see which ones that they can go into and take stuff out of uh, because that's another thing. But that's that, also, that's a
1: strong accusation.
0: Yeah, it is. You know, it is. I mean,
1: it, it, it's weird that it was happening, but I, you know, I'd hate to, uh, you know, to accuse somebody. Of accuse that. somebody. No,
0: no, no, absolutely. Especially of,
1: uh, I mean, probably a known ice cream truck. You know, it can't be that many businesses in yeah. Lafayette are in anywhere in the
0: area. Well, uh, I, what, what was interesting? The only reason I brought it up is is numerous people. Yeah, more than one. more than one person. It wasn't just an angry individual. It was everybody was kind of aware of it. So it was just it was very strange. But um, so we're outside and the rain's coming down on Saturday, and we started to make the decision of okay. There's a curfew. We need to start making preparations. So, I, I just to give you guys an idea, sixty thousand homes were destroyed, thirteen deaths were reported across uh, the state. Five in East Baton Rouge, three in Tangibahoa, two in St. Helena, two in Livingston, and one in Rapids. Uh, Twenty thousand people were rescued. A thousand people. I'm sorry. A thousand pets were rescued. Eleven thousand people are living in shelters, uh, and twelve parishes were declared disaster areas. So when I'm talking about being evacuated, it wasn't us being paranoid. It wasn't us saying, "Oh my God," you know. It it, it wasn't us being, you know, overly dramatic. I mean, sixty thousand homes are gone, and so when we were looking at each other. It was very. It was a very tough moment. Uh, I got hit with it a couple times. Just the magnitude of it, you know. I was talking to my dad, and he he pretty much was like, "There's nothing I can do," and that really hit home. You yeah, know?
1: and it it it's because when your dad says that, yeah, you it hits a whole another level because you know you you always your dad always appears as as a. a, a you know, for most people, is a hero in their eyes. Like, there's nothing my dad can't take on. Yeah, they, and when and when he goes, you're, you know, you're on your own. Yeah, and that's when you're like, okay, and, and you're just left out to yeah. kind of tackle the unknown.
0: Yeah, and it just you have those people in your life that you look up to, and they always have an answer. They always have a fix. It's okay. This is what you need to do, and so it was in the course of the conversation that you know he said. You know, I brought you sandbags. That's all I can do. You just you have to make the call. If you think you need to get out, you need to get out. And so, Ashley and I had the conversation, and we had we had we we picked everything up off the floor that we could. And this is a home that we lived in for a couple of months. Um, we packed up some to-go bags that were ready to go, and we sat and we watched the water. And we had we basically had a no-go line, and it was. If the water passes this area of the yard, we cannot stay here and there is I, I dread and hope that I never have to go through that again and I hope that uh, people don't have to experience that you know they may have to but I hope it's not for a very long time because you know if it was a if it was a thing in 30 minutes, That in, you know, 30 minutes the water's coming in and it was, okay, we need to go. And it was quick and over with. This was, you know, a 48-hour event where you just felt like we just have to wait and see. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we just slowly kept seeing the water creeping up into the front yard, passing our front fence, starting to come up in the front yard. The backyard, the water got... Up underneath the deck and it started it got right to the porch the cement on the porch basically it would have started overlapping to come up on and you know onto the porch and start knocking on the back door Um, and so we just kind of looked at each other and said okay what are we gonna bring with us and everything else it's just it's just things and that is also Something that this entire state, many people it's something that they had to come to a it was this it was this moment of letting go where you have to where you have to go okay, things can be replaced right, you kind of take stock of everything you know we took pictures of everything in the house we went outside we kind of documented how the house was, and we thought you know all this could be gone depending on if this weather lets up or not, and that is. I can imagine the 60,000 families that thought that and it, then it came to fruition, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. It's, so I assume now, obviously all of this happening last weekend, it has been a week, um, and everybody's situation different. At what point did the water start receding for y'all?
0: We get, We got out of... Okay, we got out of the the neighborhood on Tuesday. So imagine Saturday the rain stops. We get out on Tuesday. Um, So the rain, Friday we had a break. Rain again on Saturday. And, I mean, you were even there. I think we talked on Saturday. And I was just, you know, I just wanted to stop. I just wanted to stop. And at one point, I think I remember talking to you going, it stopped. The rain stopped. Yeah, You know, Ashley slept on the couch because – she wanted to know if we needed to get up and go. Right. So she put on Netflix and she, you know, I sat in the office and stayed up because that was another thing was we kept hearing so many people saying, I woke up, put my feet on the floor and it was covered in water and we didn't want to be those people. Right. We wanted to be able to be proactive. So the water, the the rain stopped on Saturday when the sun came up on Sunday, it was it was almost like things had been back to normal. Um, the rain had pretty much receded in the neighborhood. The water was in the ditches. Uh, it kind of drizzled on Sunday, but for the most part, it wasn't that torrential downpour. Right. And we tried on Sunday to try to get out of the neighborhood. And there were restaurants with water touching the roofs. Um, there was one store that we were able to get to. Every intersection that we approached, we turned around because we could we could we not pass. We, we had our neighbor in a lifted truck come and talk to us and say, "Don't go down, don't go down this street." I just tried in my truck and I had to turn around. Yeah, and so we called my boss on Monday and said, I, "I can't get out of my neighborhood," and they said, "Okay," and turned around and went back home.
1: And I, I mentioned that because I I vaguely remember. Actually, being you know you uh, know in, in a party chat online with you at that time because you said, yeah we're not you know we're not um going to bed anytime soon we're just too we're just watching the water we're too nervous about it and at one point early in the morning you I think you checked you looked through the blinds and you noticed that the water had receded so much and by that time Ashley had fallen asleep you you were going to get her attention she was like oh I think she she went as, she fell asleep already. But the the excitement slash relief in your voice was so apparent because you couldn't believe that how much the water had gone down between the previous two days and that one overnight period after the rain stopped. It was imagine
0: imagine being imagine being on the edge of a cliff and you you have to stand there for 48 hours and you're on the balls of your feet and you're just you don't know whether or not you're going to pitch forward and fall off or you're going to be able to rest back on your heels and take a break that relief i mean i broke down because you're so worried and you had to be worried for 2 days that when i when that happened i went to when i went to go get her it was the sense of like we, we're going to be okay. You know, we can take a break. We can take a breather. We can relax a little bit because you can't sleep. Your mind is constantly racing. You're worried. You're stressed. It was a weight lifting off of, you know, our collective shoulders. And that that sense of dread. And so the no-go line was was if the water went past the past our front yard and it went into the archway of our front door. So that and in our back door if the water started approaching the sandbags at the back door mm-hmm. that was our phone call that we needed to go. Right. Um because you know just a couple of hours before the relief was just a couple of hours before I don't I don't know if we were we were on yet, but we saw some lights coming up the road, and we're Ashley and I are standing in the fr- in the front um, office area, looking out the window. We see this huge National Guard truck pass, and the guy gets out of the passenger door and sees us in the window, and gives us a thumbs up or a thumbs down, basically to say, "Are you staying or are you leaving?" And uh, you know, ran outside, and he said, "We're pulling some people out of a home down the road." they can't get out. When we come back, we can pick you up. And so I went I was out in the rain talking to him. Ran back inside and it was, you know, it was a conversation with my wife, the National Guards outside, are we going to leave?
1: Yeah, it's just that moment where
0: you decide. And it was, you know, thank God for thank God for you, Seth, and everybody everybody at the station and, and all those that were covering the the weather as they were because we were able to stay constantly updated and the estimation that the rain was the rain was gonna cease for, you know, for ten to three, I think. You right. know, for a couple of hours. Just a couple of hours of a break. And I and that's when I told Ashley, I think we will have if la, if Friday to Saturday was any indication, we'll have enough of a break in the rain to where it'll walk back and I think we'll be okay. And um that's what ended up happening and, and we are we've been so grateful. And uh, I recommend anyone, anyone, anyone listening to this, I don't care where you live, invest in flood insurance.
1: And, and, you know, since going over how fortunate and lucky y'all were, which a lot of people were in the same situation, not everybody uh, was so lucky. Like We've given a lot of the numbers of people's homes who are damaged, people who are living in, in shelters, um, and what's important like in what's important is that people that aren't used to flooding waters it's in this case of you you said the water came up quickly came back down. now let's say the water had got into your house was in there for a few hours a day and then it receded like it did in so many people's homes that the water got in and it went back out now they're in a situation where they have to rip out all of their flooring their carpets all of these things it's it's a it's a it's a very costly situation it's it's troublesome uh they probably have some furniture other little other stuff that they got to get out of there those and i use this term very carefully are the lucky ones because what happens is that's not how it goes down again this is for people who aren't used to flooding they have they have people we are recording this on on the following sunday so it's been over a week They have people that have had water in their homes since Friday and it's still sitting there. Now what you have to understand is, let's talk about, first of all, the wildlife aspect of this. Everything knows to get to dry land. So if you have ever seen these flood waters, you're not going to just see water. You're going to see insects, you're going to see snakes, everything trying to get to higher ground. So these houses aren't just filled with water. They're filled with all of the worst things that are in the waters of our, of our marshland here in Louisiana or worse. Yeah. Um, That aside, you have water sitting in, it's been a week. Now what could happen is that this water won't go down for weeks. That means these people will have water inside their homes for weeks. This is causing mildew and mold to grow on everything. Inside the walls, the floors are done. Uh, the, the, The type of damage that standing water in a home does is far beyond anything you can understand. I mean, we're talking about ripping out your walls, ripping out your floors... Ditching everything, anything that you left, if you left clothes in there, if you left anything in there that can, that is capable of growing mold or mildew, any type of thing like that, it's done. Yeah. Um, and that's what so many people are are, are dealing with right now. Um, and having worked in, I've worked in broadcasting for like 10 years, not only behind the scenes, but, um, actually in the public eye, I was, a I I was, on air personality and radio for a number of years, and I've always wanted to keep my personal and professional life separate. So I won't, like I said, I won't go much into details, but I have immediate family members who are living that situation. It's even worse because they're in one of those areas that the the water has steadily been coming up, Hasn't hit the house yet. Hasn't gotten in yet. They foresee, the, 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 the family member foresees that it will. Not being pessimistic, but being realistic. Foresees that it eventually will get into the house. Um, and they are left in a situation where, you know, similar to you, they just, uh, they don't know where they're going to go from there. You know, not that they're in the unknown. They're they're knowledgeable enough. that, you know they got the flood insurance, familiar with with the outdoors and weather. They're you know they're they're educated people. It it up it upends your life. It it absolutely does. And and, and you and you feel that I I feel that helplessness. There's there's yeah. nothing I can do. Yeah. You know, and and it's 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 um not that, not depressing but it's, it's it's discouraging when that person you may hold in such high regard goes just waiting it out just yeah. all they can do is just wait and 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 just wait to see what happens it
0: it becomes a process be, because you just think oh I got water in my house you start from you're essentially starting from scratch it is no matter no matter what process you have to go through even if it's ripping out floors you're having to deal with something that is not your job. You're not dealing with your kids. You're not dealing with the, the banality of everyday life. You're now dealing with an event that, you know, you're one of these people that's displaced. You're one of this number of, you know, people that are out of the home and that you now have to start looking at, you know, where you're going to – it just upend your life. And, and one, you're one a statistic. Thing, It's one of those things you always you
1: you always hear about, but when you realize that you have become a statistic,
0: it's got to be heart. It
1: it is. It absolutely is.
0: One of the things that people really don't realize, going back to what you were saying, is um, just how toxic some of the waters get because of the gas mixtures and things. You know, the trash that was in the water. There were, you know, we saw maggots swimming in the water just because the trash cans had been knocked over
1: it's getting mixed in sewage lines it's getting mixed in sewage lines so, um, hmm.
0: you know we had a snake swim up to the garage when we were picking up the sandbags we looked it's oh, a freaking snake so we kicked it back in the water and it just kind of swam away but the number of people being checked into hospitals with infections because they are wading through that water with small cuts with open wounds with with very Minor things that become that become something that you know you can lose your foot or your leg over, yeah. because people are just trying to save what they can. Um, yeah, this
1: isn't this isn't chlorinated swimming pool water. That you know, this is this is dirty rainwater that's mixed with, like you said, chemicals. It's mixed with sewage. It's mixed with all the worst stuff, and it's in your streets. It's yeah. Possibly in your home, and you know it's 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 not it's not
0: just water it's a whole bunch of bad stuff um and and the reason that so much water fell is be- i mean this really was kind of like a hurricane absolutely it, it, it cycled back so it was an inland tropical depression I think is what they refer to it as I believe so um and so this thing and cropped up in the gulf and it just sat, and the problem was was that Whereas you have a thunderstorm or a line of showers that comes in, it moves, it sat and just kept continuously dumping water.
1: And it's been, like you said, it was it was, it was it, a tropical system. So just like and anybody who's ever watched, because you don't have to, to be from areas that get hit by hurricanes, you've all seen them on the weather. They spin, and that's exactly what that thing did. It just sat here and spun around just dumping water.
0: Imagine being in an area where you are dealing with already historic flooding and and you're having and you mate your your car is gone and you think to yourself, okay, the water the, the rain has stopped. Clouds disappear and they're gone. Imagine looking at the television and seeing it coming back. That has got to be sickening to think we're done. We're done for. You know we can't stand another hit, and, it, and there it comes. It comes right back, it just dumps even more water on you. Um, and so I, I think we'll I think we'll wrap it up with uh, a common thing and a question that many people have when it comes to a situation like this. So for those of you that feel lucky that you made it out okay, you may also feel guilt. I know a lot of people that feel that you know what did I do to be saved, whereas other people may have not been so lucky you know ashley and i that was the first house we looked at everything fell into place so that we could buy it i can't tell you how many number of homes there were around this area that we looked at that we could have bought that we could have lost and so we feel very fortunate and so we kind of had the conversation of we need to do something and i know a lot of people may feel that way one thing to always consider is you know there's the United Way, there's the American Red Cross. There are a number of different organizations that you can donate money and time to. My suggestion for you would be this, and Seth, I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but look into, look into giving to those that are providing services right now. Uh, firemen, policemen, those in the health industry, those that are trying to save lives and help those get through this. Those people working right now are from here, and many of them are were just as affected as as those that they're trying to help so I would suggest if you're gonna to give to something give to something that helps those people because while you're all while you're helping people that are helping people you're also helping people that have been affected hmm. so it's not it's not only that you're you know I don't want you to think that you can't give to the United way of America across I'm not saying that but If you want to know where your money is going and you want to be sure that you're helping someone, I would say go along those routes because uh, it's staying here, and these people are just as affected. So think of them as you're giving money to help people who have been displaced, just like everyone else, but these people are also going to work, and they're the ones taking you in at the hospital. They're the ones that have evacuated you. They're the ones that are feeding you and, and putting out fires and doing all these things, you know, providing first aid. And some of them don't have homes to go back to, and, and that's a very tough thing to think about and come to a realization about. Imagine, imagine somebody evacuating you, and they're helping you, and you're saying thank you so much, and they're saying, you know, it's my it's my job. Don't worry about it. And they have and everything they've owned is gone.
1: Yeah, and you don't and you don't know that. Even even if it's as small as, you know, from the, 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 the firemen, the police, the emergency people whose job it is, those people you know that owned um, flats and airboats, all those normal other people that just went about. I, th- I mean, I don't know if it's official. They refer to them as the Cajun Navy, you know, that are out there, um, just helping people. If you know somebody that did... Simply just thanking them. Yes, just going. And, Thank you for what you did.
0: And, and I will say this. I will say this. I think we'll wrap it up. You know, around here, but you know, touching on the Cajun Navy, it, it is it is the epitome of who we are here in Louisiana. Um, but for those for those that were getting upset, now there were those that had boats, were were okay with having a boat, you know, boat captains, but were told to turn around by, you know, either government officials or wildlife and fisheries, and they got upset about it. And I know you want to help, but you can't be upset because their line of thinking is you're just putting – you're one more person that we now have to monitor and take care of. And, yeah, you may know what you're doing, but you don't know what's under the water. that You're on roads and streets. You know, we don't know if there's down power lines. You're just – you're endangering yourself. So – Going forward, if you're trying to help do a little bit of research and try to find the best way, you know, every dollar counts, every dollar counts towards helping recovery efforts, but um, like Seth was saying, even if it's an expression of gratitude, even if you plan something for someone in your neighborhood that you know, even if it's you going through your closet and donating clean, fresh clothes uh, for those that might not have it, you, you know, I know people that uh, don't have any underwear anymore. Yep. Because uh, while packing up, that's one thing they didn't pack, and now that's all gone. So, just look at what you have. Be grateful for what you have, and if you don't need it anymore, as of right now, there are thousands of people that are in need. So, so take that into consideration. Definitely. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thanks. That about wraps it up for Alex Plains It all. We we appreciate you sitting and listening to this. This was a. Uh, this was the reason we were off for about a week uh we were dealing with this and uh we we could have recorded but we wanted to make sure that our, our friends and loved ones were okay and, and that you were okay as well so we appreciate you joining us we'll try to be back on a regular schedule um but again uh just just do us all a favor and uh and pay it forward uh, for alex explains all this is alex and that's Seth. good night